0: All right, welcome to This Is My Story with Steve Hayes. I'm Steve Hayes, and I'm here with my niece. How about that? Juliet Hayes. Say hi, Juliet.
1: hey (laughs) oh.
0: Juliet is um, young. She's in her early 20s. She is a student, a ministry student. Yep. She's a manager at a at a certain store. What would you even call it? A retail a store. A retail store. Yeah. a Big box retail store.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say so.
0: With quite the sales rack, I'm. Yeah. Right now, Especially yeah. after Christmas. Yeah. And um, oh, and she also like house sits for people and walks dogs <laughs> from time to
1: time. It's <laughs> a side hustle.
0: Is her side hustle? <laughs> she's very hardworking, she's fun, funny, all that, but I wanted to talk to her because you know the whole theme of this podcast is that everybody has a story, mm-hmm. and that everybody's story is pretty amazing, yeah and um and then of course, we always like to hear where your story intersects with the Lord, Ooh. like you know what difference God is making in your life, but we'll get to that, okay. Let's talk about some let's talk about what your favorite dinosaur is (laughs) your favorite dinosaur
1: can i explain why you're asking that
0: well maybe yeah (laughs) i mean if you want to because it goes where it goes it goes
1: where it goes yesterday my boss um was telling me something about the job and i gotta add some flavor and fun into it so i just like stopped her mid-sentence and said so what's your favorite dinosaur (laughs) she was like um so why are you asking that but now that's my new conversation that's a great question right i would say i like the triceratops because it's got like a built-in hat you know yeah kind of sick
0: it is that is sick (laughs) like an armored hat
1: yeah and pointy
0: don't try to touch the triceratops don't right do not remove its hat (laughs) don't touch the triceratops lest you get gouged (laughs) So, all right. Well, I always like the Triceratops too. What is my favorite one?
1: You can't. You can't give a basic answer. It can't be like T Rex. You
0: gotta get creative. I like the uh, Stegosaurus. Okay. So, The Stegosaurus is the one who's like fully armor plated. Ooh. It's like if you put a um, armadillo on super steroids.
1: Slay. Like, like a big and turtle. Threw it
0: in with some like um, radioactive material. <laughs> It would grow into a stegosaurus. That's what you get. And it has spikes on its tail. Oh! It can
1: whack you with its tail. Exactly. That's kind of... Beware. Beware of the stegosaurus. That's cool.
0: Okay, switching gears (laughs) dramatically. (laughs) Total total change here. Yep. All right, so a lot of my listeners are probably... I mean, let's be honest. I don't have any listeners, but... (laughs) Your if wife. there is anyone listening, not even her. <laughs> if there is anyone listening out there, um there is probably going to be people who are my age and above. Maybe some younger listeners mm-hmm. in their 30s or something like that, but mostly going to be people um you know, 40s, 50s, maybe 60s. Yeah. Um you're in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. So the world is the world you grew up in and are experiencing is very different. Yeah. And I think people in my generation and above and probably below, anybody probably 35 and up is like really scared of um, social media, mm-hmm. how many different social media <clears throat> platforms there are. I think a lot of parents are scared of that. I think yeah. everybody freaks out about it. I think, it, I think people my age and around my age, think social media is a net negative for the world, Um those kinds of things. So I want to see if you view it any differently. Like, what does your generation think about it? And like, are we all overreacting and just old?
1: <laughs> just old? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I think social media has actually caused a lot of pain in people's lives and a lot of issues that didn't necessarily need to be there i'll say i think um it can be a great tool to spread the gospel and positivity but at the same time it's kind of taken away human connection mm-hmm. and now it's a way for people to kind of escape their real lives and just <clears throat> you know instead of just like like i went on a fast from social media for like three days i was bored oh to gosh. tears i oh, know it's been so hard <laughs> I'm really out here laboring for God. But <laughs> so I did that. Um, but for someone my age, that's like, you know, you at least check your social medias once a day.
0: Yeah. Um. So tell me, like, which ones are, like, known for what. Yeah. So I know this. I know that, like, Facebook <laughs> is the old people parent, like, mm-hmm. social media, right? right. Mm-hmm. And then Twitter is, like, really mean yeah right mm-hmm. um but it's where a lot of people get information too yeah um i think the one that scares parents the most is snapchat
1: Ooh, yeah
0: but that's a big one but
1: yeah
0: so how do you do you have it
1: i have it i never
0: use it though you never use it so from what i understand young people use snapchat mainly to just message each other
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah like and all those old stories that we used to hear about everybody, like, sending, you know, X-rated photos on mm-hmm. Snapchat and then them disappearing and parents going, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is not necessarily... Happening. I, I don't know. I'm sure it's happening, but... Yeah. Do you think parents overreact to this digital age because we don't know? What? Because we're, like, uninformed? Like, I don't know a parent who has Snapchat.
1: yeah. Um, I don't know if, I mean, I think fear always leads to overreaction. Um, but I'll say, I think you have to lay down guidelines, especially in this day and age for your kids. Like, we're gonna leave our phones in the kitchen after 10pm and you're gonna go to sleep, you know, because kids will stay up all night. And nothing, my dad always said, nothing good happens when you're messaging somebody after 11 p.m. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so true. it's true. Um, things like that. But no, I get it. I understand the fear there because it's definitely addicting and it can lead to, you know, things like you mentioned before. But
0: Do you think it's kind of hypocritical Ooh. from older generations too? Because I, like, I have friends who are in their 50s <laughs> who post on Facebook 10 times a day. Mm-hmm yeah <laughs> and they act like that the problem with young people is social, social media. media yeah you no, know what I'm for saying?
1: sure for sure yeah i mean there's some people on my facebook even that i'm like why so tell me why you just posted that and just started an unnecessary argument so uh, how
0: many times does you, like okay if um your whole generation is on social media mm-hmm. what are some of like the the rules
1: the, the guidelines the kind of
0: unwritten rules <laughs> yes. of like if you do this you're you're lame and you're not using it right
1: yeah i'd say one thing is if you post a lot that's pretty lame like yeah. if you're posting every single day or like on tiktok if you have like i would say more than maybe 50 tiktoks it's like oh my gosh that's lame
0: so is it like oh that person is just an attention hound, they just yes. have to have attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's lame. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Oh man, I'm starting to think of some of my friends in different ways now. <laughs>
1: Calling out your friends, yeah, that's that's real. But who cares, you know? In the yeah. long run, who cares? Yeah,
0: who really does? I just think it's interesting for some of the, some of us older folks to hear older generation, youngins.
1: <laughs> I know yeah. it's interesting that you say that, though. Like the unspoken rules, because. You don't realize how much that like takes up in your mind until you think about it, and you're like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's kind of that's kind of (laughs) dumb."
0: So you don't, but you don't post. You would never post more than once a day. Probably not. No. For fear that someone would be like, "Oh my gosh, she's so annoying, so thirsty for attention."
1: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does get to you because I try not to care about likes. or anything like that but you know the human side of you is like oh i love that like attention and if it's a good picture i'll get a hundred likes if i'm annoying people i'll get 10 likes you know
0: was there ever a time in your life when you wanted to be an influencer (laughs) (laughs) yes yes and uh isn't that secretly every yeah
1: i mean totally everybody wants to go viral yeah. Like in this podcast, how this podcast is going to go fire. I'm
0: doing a podcast. <laughs> Why?
1: <laughs>
0: Who needs to hear from me?
1: <laughs> no, I would say I wanted to be an influencer because of probably the same reason you wanted to do a podcast is I don't think there's a lot of Christian kids my age that are actively following God. And so mm-hmm. to see one that's not super, you know, um, legalistic and judgmental might have been refreshing but I don't know I kind of at this point I'm like I'll leave that up to God and do what I can with the people I'm around
0: yeah at the end of the day for me it's more you know it's about leveraging whatever avenues we have to Mm -hmm. bring some sort of good news Jesus message to the world you know and right now if I look (laughs) at where people are Less people are at church Yeah And more people are on social media mm-hmm. And digital platforms And so Yeah In some ways we'd be We'd be missing an opportunity If we weren't utilizing yeah. these for Totally For Jesus Yeah And to get his message out mm-hmm. So speaking of that You're a pastor's daughter hmm <clears throat> Your uncle's a pastor Yes <laughs> You come from a ministry family, um, and you've seen a lot. Holy cow, you've been a part of, you know, you've you've been behind the curtain. Yes, Of for church sure. ministry. How, you know, you don't have to get into all the gory details, but yeah. how has that affected you and your relationship to the church?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I would say my relationship with the church has been up and down. Right now, I am in a good place. Um, But I would say one key thing for me was figuring out my faith by myself and kind of walking away from being the pastor's daughter and going to a different church, not because I don't, you know, agree with everything my dad is saying, but because being a pastor's kid, you do see all of that stuff. And it gets hard to actually see God in it when you're behind the curtain and you're seeing all the, you know, ways people fall short. So I, you know, I went away for a little bit, um, did some ministry programs on my own and yeah, I kind of found my own, my own relationship with God. One that wasn't defined by who my dad is or the church or what people think I am. Um, and that's kind of why I'm studying what I'm studying, um, ministry is because, I still have questions and there's still things I wanna know about God and I've always been curious about theology and all that good stuff. So yeah, I think I think finding it for your in your own way is key when you're a pastor's kid.
0: Yeah, I always look at it like um, you know, kinda of like hand me down clothes. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> um, you get some that are like awesome name brand that mm-hmm. you're pretty excited and proud to wear. Yeah. And you get some that are just janky, like, <laughs> you know, I would never wear this. I've never. Yeah. I don't, you know. Totally. Um, And it's kind of like that with your faith, especially coming from a ministry family. You get a lot of hand-me-down mm-hmm. sort of, especially when you're younger. hmm I'm just going to take this on face value. This was given to me, and I'm going to wear it proudly. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you have questions of your own and you kind of have to break out and, and it, it can't be a second hand faith anymore. It's gotta be yeah. firsthand.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, for sure.
0: I remember going through that mm. and I went through a lot of that up here and we're in Colorado right now. And, um, uh, up here when I moved to Vail, yeah. um, you know, it was, <laughs> for me, that was kind of a breaking free from the, the faith and the values and the life that I had been given and some of it I threw out the window mm-hmm. at the time and some of it I reclaimed later.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And Some of it I, I held on to um, and that process was really scary for me um, and painful for me, but it was also really healthy yeah. for me. Do you feel the same way?
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think what I'm realizing is when I was younger, I think like even with things my parents believed i was like oh that's whack that's not but now like maturing and growing older i am seeing more and more how we are in line and things we do agree on and um yeah i would say our faith is very similar um, but it's personal to each of us now and i think there's an assumption with pastor's kids that they have it all figured out and that they're very sheltered and which can be true but a lot of the time i think pastor's kids have it the worst and often walk away from God because of it. Um, And I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that because I've seen God's faithfulness in my own life separate from my family. And yeah, I think just finding it for yourself.
0: What, what has kept you, what's probably if you could put it into one concept or one word that has kept you tethered, to Christ even through some of the maybe difficult mm-hmm. unhealthy uh pressure-packed situations that you've been in mm-hmm. as a as a pastor's daughter what what's the one thing that's kept you going hey this is for me
1: mm. ooh i think it's easy to be a christian when everything's going well and you're happy in life but i'll say when things weren't so good for me, like mental health or situational circumstances, I felt God the most in those moments. Cause it was like, I truly only have God right now. Like that is the biggest comfort. And it is comforting to know like my life is not in my hands, you know, like it's all up to God and he's got my back. I think that was the biggest turning point for me is like, no matter what happens, I still have God. Like I, I'm not really alone because I have God. And that was the first time, realizing that was the first time I was like, okay, I get it. Like I get this Jesus thing. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. What did your parents do well in all of this um, that helped you?
1: Ooh. Um, my parents, gave me a great foundation for to build my faith upon because we were, you know, the Sunday school family Mm -hmm. and all that. And there's things even now that I take from my parents and I can ask my dad, you know, biblical questions anytime, which is such a gift because a lot of people don't have that. And my mom's a woman of God. So, you know, learning from her example has been really helpful. But yeah, even, you know, as I'm getting older and getting into like the career world and doing school, I can come to them and ask and count that they're going to give me biblical advice, which is really nice.
0: Yeah. But they, um, I mean, I don't know how to phrase this exactly, but they're, they've been through some very real struggles and hurts too. So it hasn't always been like the Sunday school mm-hmm. answers that have probably given you perspective. It's probably yeah. also the real moments of yeah. pain and And the fact that they never let go through it all,
1: for sure. Yeah, and also hearing about moments where they did have their doubts, and like that doesn't make you a bad Christian. Asking questions is important, and they're very real. Like they don't sugarcoat things. They're not like, yeah, life is great when you accept Jesus. It's better, but you still have your humans. You still have struggles. And seeing them and how they have gone through their struggles and come out of it has been very enlightening for me and my struggles.
0: Man. Awesome. <laughs> um, so you're a student now you're a ministry student. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you learning? What's the coolest thing you're learning right now?
1: The coolest thing I'm learning. Ooh, well, I just started this semester back up and one of my classes is Biblical Research and Writing, which is so much reading, <laughs> which can be hard, but I really like that. I'm learning how to like actually research the Bible and do it well and not okay. just I used to just like which can help sometimes, but I used yeah. to just open the Bible and be like, "All right, this verse is going to speak to me," which right. can like work, but also having you knowing what you're doing is pretty important. So that's nice.
0: Yeah, and that uh, that doesn't seem it doesn't seem like there are a lot of people who know how to do that. No. Right now. Yeah. I think most people who have the sort of <clears throat> approach that you talked about of just let me open this up and put my finger down and yep. whatever verse I'm on, and you know, <laughs> that's what I'm going to read and yeah. hopefully God'll do something through it even though um, I had no clue what it meant or <laughs>
1: don't know what's going on,
0: you know. And the whole idea of put, framing something within its context and knowing the historical yeah setting and has that given you a greater appreciation for the bible totally
1: i mean yeah. there was things i didn't know until i got into my degree like i really didn't have a grasp on the old testament at all Yeah. and now seeing how it's all related in mm-hmm. one continuous story is really powerful
0: yeah
1: but yeah no i think for beginners just opening the Bible. Like if you end up on Leviticus with all the, <laughs> with all the genealogies, it's right. like, um, but yeah, once you know the big picture and I think there's tools also that can help with that. Cause it can seem pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think watching videos on it, reading on it, all that good stuff can help.
0: What do you think the, the most, what do you think the best message for your, generation about Christianity is Ooh. like what's Ooh. the best thing is you you know what 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 is, what is the thing that you think that maybe your generation is missing about Christianity that is a total difference maker
1: yeah oh that's a good one I think one of the big things is that they're loved and it's not the love that maybe they're used to. I think I went to a concert the other day for um like this pop band that I've liked for a long time. Who has it? <laughs> Spill the name.
0: Spill the name.
1: <laughs> it was the 1975. Oh dude, I love them. They're They got good stuff. They're so good. They're so good. But I went to their concert with my Christian friend and everybody there was, you know, drunk or high or. Yeah. And it was just chaos. It was sad because it was all so, like, it was around sin. And I just thought, like, what sucks about this is when, you know, they wake up in the morning or they're not drunk and they're not high, like, they're going to feel that ache, like something is missing in their life. And I think social media can also be a way to, like, distract from that ache of being human and knowing we need something more. Yeah. And so I think knowing that God is love, like truly love, not distraction is so important. And I don't think kids get that. And I think they're comfortable in their ways, but I mean, I'm not perfect either, but I will say nothing has comforted me more than knowing that and knowing Jesus and knowing that I don't have to go through all this stuff alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, um, I think the mistake that some of the older generations make is we hear an answer like that. And many, many of us will, will say, yeah, but, but they need the truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, to me, I would say love is the truth. Yeah. Like there is no more compelling truth and let's let them get that truth first Yeah. before let's let Jesus love them and and let them experience Jesus's love where they are. Yeah. And then let's let Jesus's love transform them.
1: Yeah. Totally. From there.
0: Um and I think that's where we have gotten it wrong mm-hmm. a lot of times is that we are so um we are so scared of the lies messing everything up mm-hmm. that we cling to the truth and white knuckle the truth. Yes. And and we end up clubbing people with the truth. Yeah. And they never experience the love. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to you know, John John one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yeah. And then all the way up to, you know, past verse ten, I forget exactly verse twelve, I think. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yeah. Full of mm-hmm. grace and truth. Yeah and a hundred percent grace hundred percent truth and that that seems to be the balance that all of us these days are trying to kind of figure out yeah is you know where to exercise god's grace and where to input his truth yeah and i think we probably overcomplicate that yeah um
1: but I, I agree. I also think that the truth is important because I don't sure. want to present God as just like the loving grandfather who never interferes when something's wrong. Yeah. Because that's not God. Big old Santa God. Big old Santa God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do think, um, I think looking at the life and ministry of Jesus is a good place to, if you're having those questions, to look because Jesus didn't stray away from the truth. Like, when somebody, like the man um, at the Pool of Bethsaida, Mm -hmm. you know, he was like, do you even, like, do you want to walk? Which seems like such Mm -hmm. an obvious question. But I think what he was saying in that is you have lived this life of misery where you're just hoping in something that's not going to serve you. And if you really want to be free, you have to lean on me. And it was loving, but it was also the truth. Yeah. And And he
0: always hit that. He always hit that tone perfectly, yes, you know, and, yeah. and we so often don't, Yeah, but I, you know, I think that's where he comes in too, to kind of fill in the gaps where we miss it Yes, and just, totally. Hey, you know, I'm going to give this a stab and it's going to be imperfect, mm-hmm. but God's going to use it and he's going to make something of it. You yeah. know,
1: I saw somebody say once that you can never make God look bad. <clears throat> And I thought, initially I was like, yeah, you can. I know Christians who have botched the Bible a million times. Oh, yeah. so like. But I think what she was saying was, like, in the end, it is all up to God. You know, you can plant seeds, but you cannot save someone yourself. Like, yeah. God will interfere when he needs to.
0: Yeah, it's like the, um, you know, he said, you shall be my witnesses. Yes. He didn't say you shall be my defense attorneys yeah. or prosecutors he said you should be my witnesses which to me is what we're doing here it's tell your story
1: yeah
0: and tell your experience with the lord and nobody can argue with that mm-hmm. you know i mean they may not have had the same experience but that's your experience yeah and find a way to be a witness to that totally you know yeah and let god do what he's gonna do
1: yeah Love that
0: Yeah So true you're pretty awesome, Juliet
1: (laughs) I mean, what can I say?
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't want to offend any of my other nieces and nephews (laughs) or anything like that But let's just say you're legit
1: (laughs) Thank you Not
0: that they're not Right But you are
1: But I'm better than everyone, of course I mean,
0: your words (laughs) Yeah Words. no i get it yeah. and you haven't even said anything about me as an uncle so. okay
1: you are a amazing uncle <laughs> Love
0: i you mean it death. kind of loses some luster when i have to like pull it out of you, you i know, know right?
1: i okay you're um so cool man of god mm. you know the drill
0: mm. yes yes mm. well <laughs> I, I think that's the cool part is i'm just a dude and, and you're just you and yeah. You know, we're figuring this thing out. Yeah. But I do love where your heart is. I love what you're doing. I love what God's doing in you. Oh, thank you. I love it that you can get me fifteen percent off at a <laughs> big box department store.
1: That will remain um, nameless. That will
0: remain nameless. <laughs> um oh. I, I mean I love everything about you. Thanks for oh. doing this love for you. me. And this is gonna be a fun one. Yeah. I think people are gonna like this one. People oh. are gonna be begging for more Juliet. Yes. I'm going to be the new hashtag. But not me. Just, <laughs>
1: Just Juliet on podcast. <laughs> Keeper. No, I love you. Thank you for letting me do this. It was fun. Very great cool. conversation. We'll do it again sometime. Yes.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you all for listening to This Is My Story with okay. Steve Hayes. It's been uh, fun. And um, we'll have a new episode for you real soon. Y'all have a great week.